everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today we're talking about ah, just whatever magic-related stuff. And you know what? I'm going to be doing a video game review, too, because you know what? Why not? It's Magic with Zuby, because I want to talk about it. And the video game I'm going to be reviewing is Final Fantasy XV. Um, no spoilers, by the way. So before we begin, let's get on with the ever-lovable ads that Magic with Zuby does. Uh, first of all, this episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Datasys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back at any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even botch installation. <gasps> Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their product very often as they know it's going to save you hundred dollars and recover your PC before magic for listeners of Magic with Zuby, they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D <coughs> capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. We're getting it done. We're getting it done. Don't worry. Don't worry. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Zuby with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Magic with Zuby, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Zuby. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Zuby for your free audiobook. Do it. Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day trial specifically for my viewers at the following URL, www.gameflyoffer.com slash Zuby. For you, the listeners of Magic with Zuby, Gamefly is offering a free premium 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out this service. Um, to get your free trial today, go to GameFlyOffer.com slash Zuby. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash Zuby for your free 30-day trial. And finally, you can find Magic with Zuby on the following. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGCast.com. Be sure to like and subscribe and rate and review all that stuff. Also, I'm on YouTube kind of, sort of. I, I, th I think I've got some plans for my YouTube channel. It's just sort of in the making. Um if you wish to email Magic with Zuby, send us a message at send us. I, I act like there's anyone else here. It's just me. It's Magic with Zuby. There's no one else doing it but me. Um, MTGZuby at gmail.com. Um, send me an email if you want to talk about whatever. You know, I'm out there. You know, I, I definitely try to respond to emails as fast as I can. And, um, you know, I, I really enjoy hearing from you folks. So Magic with Zuby is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash magicwazubi as well as twitter at magicwazubi uh don't forget to like and subscribe to the magic wazubi youtube channel just search for magic wazubi on youtube also be sure to subscribe and review magic wazubi on itunes google play stitcher or tune in radio it helps me out people all right you want to help me out right all right that's what i thought yeah boom all right yeah sorry um okay before we get into some magic here a new game has recently come out and it has been a game I've been 
I don't want to say I've been waiting 10 years for it because it was initially announced what back in 2006, I think um, around the same time. Was it announced the same time that Final Fantasy 13 was announced? When did, when did Final Fantasy 13 come out? 2009? Um, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, it came out in 2009, but I remember they announced this because Final Fantasy 13, then what is now known as Final Fantasy 15, and then there was, wasn't there a third one? Because it was supposed to be the Fabula Nova Crystallis game like series or something like a trilogy type thing and it was final fantasy 13 the final fantasy versus 13 and then there was i thought there was another one um because i remember i remember when they first announced what is now 15 they were it was supposed to be related in a sense to 13 to final fantasy 13 but very loosely in the sense um so yeah, I, I watched a little YouTube video about how 15 was stuck in developmental hell. Um, you know, they had people taken away from the team off it and then added back on. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, as shit happens, they finally, you know, released it. And it was released with the 29th, November 29th. And I have been playing it almost every day. I've been trying to play it as much as I can as of the recording right now. I am currently about 15 hours into the game, which is a lot for me with the limited time that I have. Oh, excuse me. Just ate dinner. Not going to edit that shit out because um, what's editing? I don't even know what the fuck that is. And. Um, yeah, it's. Like I said, I'm about 15 hours in and I am on chapter three. I just started chapter three. I unlocked the second area. Of the game, I think it's called Duske or Duskai. <clears throat> I don't know, some weird Final Fantasy name. Um, so just to, before I review the game, just to give you a little bit of background knowledge of my familiarity, familiarity, f familiarness. All right, I'm really familiar with Final Fantasy. All right, I, I played the very first Final Fantasy when I was a kid. Um, what, what we got a Nintendo, what when I was four or five, something like that. And I remember we borrowed final fantasy from, I don't, I can't remember if we rented it or borrowed it from one of my parents, friends. And I just remember playing it, not knowing what the hell's going on because when you're four or five, you don't, you can't expect a little kid like that to understand an RPG like that. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, dude, listen, I barely liked Super Mario Brothers when I first played it. All right. Because at that time when Nintendo came out or when I was when we got a Nintendo, I didn't care about Super Mario Brothers at all. It was all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was the shit. The fuck that game because it was really hard. Of course, everybody's like, oh, the water level. No, fuck the water level. Once you learn how to get the water level down, that becomes your bitch. All right. It's everything else after the water level, like when you get to the Technodrome and all that shit, because fuck that shit. That game gets so hard. Everybody bitches and complains about the stupid water level. No, you're a bitch and you need to learn to get past it and realize that shit ain't that hard. Past the water level, when you get to the damn Technodrome, fuck that shit. Damn. <clears throat> Speaking the truth up here. Um. Yeah, so anyways, so like I said, I played the very first Final Fantasy on Nintendo. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And then I didn't even touch a Final Fantasy again until Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo. I don't ever remember seeing Final Fantasy two in the rental stores or anything like that. I, I don't even think I even cared about Final Fantasy. It just I happened to rent Final Fantasy three one time and brought it to my grandparents house and that opening scene with, you know, you being in the Magitek armor with Terra and Wedge and Vix, which is now Wedge and Biggs, because back then Ted Woosley, as much as the Ted Woosley translated Final Fantasy three really bad and poorly, I still love his translation because that's what I grew up on. Of course, I've played the Game Boy Advance and the iOS versions now. And, you know, there are some things that are better about the translation now, but I still miss some of the you know, son of a sandworm or sudden, or was it son of a submariner? Something like that. That Kefka says, and the first time you meet him. So, and, um, yeah. So like I said, I played final fantasy three when it came out on super Nintendo and then I fell in love with it. I eventually bought the game. I remember buying it for $80 at toys R us that, I mean, that seems crazy to buy a game that expensive, I mean, well, I did just spend 90 bucks on Final Fantasy 15. Not really. I mean, I had store credit and all that other crap from GameStop, but still spent that much money on it. And um, just, yeah, but still 80 bucks back then. That was a lot of money. I think I got it for I think I bought it from birthday money. And I don't remember how long it took me to beat that game, but it took me for what felt like forever. I remember beating it. I got up really early. Uh, right before school had to have been four or five a.m. and I turned on the Super Nintendo and was just playing Final Fantasy three and I beat it right before school and I was so happy. My original team at the time, I still remember what my original team in Final Fantasy three was or Final Fantasy six was uh, Sabin, Edgar, Gogo, and Yumaro or Yumaro, the Sasquatch, and that was my favorite team. I that team was badass damn yeah so um and then after that like like i said that pretty much made me fall in love with rpgs in general and then you know after that playing final fantasy 7 i originally played final fantasy 7 on the computer and then got a playstation 1 and played it on ps1 and it was just i don't know at the time it felt way better on the on the ps1 than it did the computer because at the time my computer was really crap um really crappy Packard Bell. Hey, Packard Bell. Remember that anybody? And it's showing my age here. Uh, and then, and then, you know, Final Fantasy eight, nine, 10, you know, all the way up to what is now 15. So let's talk about 15 a little bit. The biggest complaint that I have seen so far. And after getting to chapter three, where I'm at, I'm not going to, this doesn't spoil any story parts, but it is really, really, really recommended to watch the Kingsglaive movie before playing this game. And I'm so glad I watched the Kingsglaive movie before playing the game, because otherwise it's not that it doesn't tell you what's going on in the game. It just the movie really helps set the tone of the story. And it really helps you understand the gravity of the situation of what's been thrust upon your character Noctis. And because not that they don't really set the tone of it in the game. It's just it feels like they don't it's the it's not as heavy the the situation, you know, heavy. You keep using that word as if, you know, something's heavy. Um, 
And then there's also the Brotherhood anime, which I've seen one episode of. And I'm, I'll eventually finish it. But right now, even after just seeing the first episode in the anime, it didn't feel like I needed to see it. Or maybe because I'd already played the game and I understand the the four main characters, like how they all work and interact and all that. But so, for, like I said, definitely watch the Kingsglaive movie because that is that that's something it's almost like pivotal. You can still understand what's going on in the game without the movie, but it just. Like I said, it adds a lot more of the tone and depth of of the issues that's going on. So, like I said, I'm about 16 hours into the game. I'm on chapter three. Um, I'm like level 23 right now at the time of this recording. And I have been having a blast with the game right away. The one thing that is extremely noticeable, if you have played a lot of Japanese RPGs like I have, the one thing that you really notice with Japanese RPGs is it's very much like an interactive novel, an interactive movie or an interactive anime, um, you know, because there there are times where the games go nonlinear, but not open world, if that makes sense. Um, a good example is. um Okay, Final Fantasy VII, really good example. Once you get the plane after leaving Rocket Town the first time, um, the plane that becomes your boat, your the world pretty much opens up to you at that point, but it's not open world in the sense of something like Skyrim. Um, there there is a lot of stuff you can do once you get the plane, but it's not, you know, you're still pretty much pushed forward to the main story. Um, there are a little bit of side quests you can do here and there, but it's. It's not going to, you know, completely detract you from the game. The one thing with Final Fantasy 15 is right away it they took aspects of definitely a lot of Western RPGs like Skyrim and Fallout and The Witcher, where it right away in the beginning after a little prologue, which is not even five minutes or so. Um, I, I think you can do a tutorial, but I skipped the tutorial. I, I like to learn on my feet and just figure things out. So I kind of skipped over it. So. Like I said, right away, um, after the little prologue, you're immediately thrust into this open world. Um, you know, there's the main story quest that you can do, and then they open up a bunch of side quests such as hunts. Um, you'll meet there's I don't know if they're randomly generated quests, like akin to Fallout 4 with the um fuck, the one annoying motherfucker that always tells you, hey, there's another um settlement that needs help. I don't know if it's akin to that, but I have come across some random stuff like driving my car or or just walking around and just like, oh, hey, there's a quest now. And I don't I don't know if that's random, but it sure feels like it. And it's very, very, very nonlinear at the very beginning. Um, It's not a bad thing. It's just if you are a huge Final Fantasy fan like I am and you know sort of the formula of how Japanese RPGs work. It was very not off-putting but just very strange at first. I'm used to it now because you know, I'm like you said when you're playing a Japanese RPG, you you expect a certain trend for it to follow. And this one doesn't follow it at all. It's very open world. Um the com the combat is probably one of my favorite things. And the game, the combat is, if I had to compare it, 
the easiest would be to compare it like kingdom hearts and the combat feels very erratic. I've seen some people say online like, Oh, in the combat, you just press O circle or whatever the equivalent is in Xbox. Um, I, I played on PS4, you know, you just press circle to win and that's it. I'm like, uh, what have you been fighting, man? Cause I have been fighting some crazy ass monsters that have required me to like use teamwork um use your enemies link it or not your enemies your your party's link attacks um your geez i have to use some of the royal arms um especially magic the way all right yeah i know i'm jumping around all over the way magic is in this game is very very weird at first you sort of have to create your magical spells and i don't know if later down the road you unlock more i'm sure you do but right now you there's only three elements you got fire ice and lightning and you basically absorb magic sort of like drawing magic from final fantasy 8 from these rocks that are around campsites and you absorb that element and when you you can you absorb only so much of that element and then you can create spells out of that uh right now i can only use a single spell three times before I can't use it anymore. Then I got to go absorb more of the magic. It, it can be a little bit of a pain in the ass, but it's very magic is very good in this game. It is extremely strong. Um, there have been times, especially in the early game where I grinded Imperial soldiers that just kept dropping from the sky for like an hour or two and got up to level 20 super quick. Cause I just kept on, you know, killing them in one hit with one of my magical spells and then go and drain the rocks for magic, go back to the site where the soldiers are and just keep fighting over and over again. Um, difficulty of the game so far, it's moderate. I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure the main storylines would be a little bit harder if I wasn't grinding as much as I am or not doing as many side quests as I am. Um, it seems pretty easy so far, but most Final Fantasies are easy. You know, the main stories are usually pretty easy. It's where the end side quests and whatever end boss, not the end boss, but whatever, you know, crazy side quest boss they have, like Emerald Weapon or Diamond Weapon or Yayazamat or Ozma or whoever the heck it is in this game. I have no idea. It's I, I've been trying so hard to stay off the internet and look, see any story spoilers. I'm trying my best not to look up any spoilers. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game and I want to keep it like that. Uh, what else? The music in the game, uh, music so far has been okay. Um, I guess I haven't heard enough of it to like it. I do like how you can buy the soundtracks of all the other final fantasies for your car. And then you can also buy a portable MP3 player in the game and listen to any of those songs from any other final fantasy while you're just walking around. Probably my favorite feature of Final Fantasy 15 because I just unlocked Final Fantasy 10 soundtrack and I love that soundtrack. Um, I've got I've got what Final Fantasy one, two, five, seven, ten, and thirteen so far. I haven't unlocked the others yet. Trying to working on it, but um, now oh, what else with it? Uh, graphics. I mean, they're good because it they look really really good. I'm playing on a PS4 Pro and I don't I haven't looked up to see any comparison videos, but I assume it's better looking than the regular PS4, but maybe not by much. Um, 
what else is there? I don't know. I mean, that that's really about it. I could ramble on more and more about it, but it's a really good game. Uh, I recommend it to any Final Fantasy fan for for non Final Fantasy people. Um, if you enjoy games like Skyrim or The Witcher or Fallout with the open world type stuff, you might like this game. Um, you may be a little bit turned off by the Japanese anime craziness, how it can be. And it doesn't bother me that much because, you know, I grew up in Final Fantasy, so I'm used to the weirdness of it. But it's if you can get over that part, you'll enjoy the game. Like I said, the, one of the things you have to do is watch King's Glaive before starting this game. All right, so I'm sure by now, 20 minutes into the podcast, anybody who was expecting some magic content it probably completely turned off the show. So if you made it this far, congratulations. Um, now is the time where we get to talk about some magic here. And you know what? By the time you hear this, there have already been some Aether Revolt spoilers. So if you're expecting me to talk about the new Planeswalker and some of the new cards that have been spoiled, eh, change the podcast right now. I'm telling you, change it or turn it off. Because honestly, I'm getting really sick and tired of every single podcast out there that talks about literally the same thing as everybody else. We're talking about all oh, the new spoilers or the new tournaments that have come out. You know, that's what I used to do. That's not what I'm doing anymore. All right. So change it. I'm talking about my magic. All right. Because it is magic with Zuby. All right. So I haven't really been playing that much magic lately due to one final fantasy 15 because goddamn is that game fucking phenomenal love it and plus just been busy and i just haven't honestly felt like playing that much i've been i've been to fnm what last week and the week before and i guess what i mean i haven't been playing that much magic lately i haven't really been playing that much online or streaming or any of it Hell, this is the first time I've been on my computer for a while. Um, usually, well, I, I take that back. I don't know. I don't really count being on my computer if I'm just watching TV on it because, you know, I'll let the kids watch TV in the living room. And but if there's something I really want to watch or play Final Fantasy 15, those kids are getting off that main TV. Because let me tell you what. All right. When daddy wants a TV, daddy gets what he wants. All right. So anyways, like I said, I haven't really been playing that much magic as much lately. I guess I've been sort of, you know, and I guess maybe that's normal because this time of year, there's really not a lot of magicness stuff happening right now. Um, in standard, God, I do, I do not like this standard at all. And, you know, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm just finding this standard so boring. Maybe it's just my local meta that sucks right now, but I just feel like I'm playing the same decks over and over again. It's just not fun. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with the people that I've been playing with. The people have been awesome. It's just like, oh, look, it's Black Green Delirium. Oh, look, it's Blue White Flash. Oh, look, it's a Aetherworks Marvel deck. Rinse and repeat. Um, I built Mardu vehicles, which I call Mardu Dwarves because it's more dwarf, dwarf oriented. And it's probably right now the only deck I'm enjoying right now in it. And it's it's fun. It's good. It's a fun deck. Does what it needs to do. Um, not that thrilled playing it, but it and you know, I enjoy it a lot more than Black Green Delirium or 
um, blue white flash. That's for sure. And I mean, I've been doing okay with it. I got third place last week in the tournament and F and M or whatever. I did go to an IQ a couple weeks ago. Um, did absolutely terrible. I was, <laughs> it's, I always do this to myself. I swear. Um, I was practicing with Jeskai control all that week and I felt like I was doing decent. I mean, maybe not the greatest, but just decent enough. And then last minute, I decided to change my mind and play red, black zombies. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really smart. And I did absolutely terrible at the IQ. I went, what, one in four. It was only five rounds and just whatever. And the only matchup I won against was actually, I'm no, no, no. I lost against the first round. Now, the only matchup I won against was against Bant aggro, I think, or Greenway aggro. Um, yeah, he just couldn't keep up with me. Just constantly flooding the board back with prized amalgam and all that shit. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't even happy playing that. I'm like, this deck is boring. Like it's a really cool idea, you know, bringing the dead back and all that, but yeah, I didn't have fun playing it. I should have stuck with just guy control and I may have gone two and three, you know, may have gotten another win, but yeah, whatever. Um, I've been building a bunch of I've been building a bunch of decks for other formats, um, mainly EDH, Modern, Frontier. I've been trying that and Popper. And, you know, I recently just dived into Vintage for the first time, completely online, only on X-Mage. No way am I ever going to be able to afford Vintage. Hey, wait a second. Um, this is recording live. Hey, Elizabeth. Can I spend about $20,000 on a magic deck? My wife said yes. So I am going to be playing vintage. Um, if anyone wants to sell me a power nine, that'd be great. Okay. So my budget is $20,000. So just letting everybody know. Um, anyway, so like you said, uh, the EDH decks I've been building, I've been building some really original stuff here. Um, Cranko, the mob boss, really original. Um, I just really fucking love goblins and I have a shit ton of goblin cards. Um, I think I'm almost done with the deck. I just need, I think I only need like a few goblins that I just didn't have laying around. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. I cannot find a raging goblin at all. And that is one of the most common goblin cards and I can't find one. I mean, I know I've got one in the goblin deck I built for my kids, my little kids dual decks, but I'm not going to take out of that because, you know, what if I what if the kids want to play that again? Um, yeah, so I just found that funny. Uh, I'm building Phoenix, a mill deck. Uh, it's going to be absolutely terrible, but I love mill anyway. So screw you guys. And then I'm building Omnath, the Locus of Rage, the green, the green red one. And pretty average run of the middle Omnath deck, but it's fun. I, I like the card and what it does. And then I finally finished again, Rise the Redeemed. And I don't know if it's any better or worse than when I had it the first time. I just remember the first time I had it, I made it really fast to flood the board with tokens. Maybe I did it about the same. I don't know. I haven't even actually tested it out yet. I just built it and it seemed fun. So don't let anybody know. Uh, modern. Uh, let me pull up the deck list for it. Uh, I'm actually going to launch Magic Online here. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Magic Online. Whoop-de-doo. 
Uh, just logging in, just waiting for it to load. You know, a lot of you are probably thinking, why doesn't he just edit this out? You know, no, not going to do that. It's too easy to do. Us Zoobies like to do things the hard way. Fucking magic online. God, you suck. Hurry up. Um, all right. My modern, I am building an insole artifact deck and modern, uh, not tier one. This is probably like tier 17 or something. Really, really fun to play. Um, been trying to perfect the list a little bit. Uh, and by perfect, I mean, just making it faster than what it is. Uh, I mean, let me just go over the cards. I got 17 lands, uh, four Memnite, three Ornithopter, four Lightning Bolt, three Bomat Carrier Couriers, uh, four Ghostfire Blades, three Signal Pest, four Soul Artifact, four Shrapnel Blast, four Cranial Platings, uh, three Thopter Engineers, three Chief of the Foundries, and four Hangerback Walkers, the main board. And usually does pretty good game one. And then my sideboard, I have two Spell Pierce, three Mana Leak, Two thought casts, uh, three galvanic blast, one rending volley, and four Phyrexian revoker. Uh, the sideboard, I have no idea what to put in it right now. I just, it's kind of crap. But I'm having really fun time playing this deck. It's a lot of fun. Um, has no fetches. The land base is four dark steel citadel, one foundry of the consoles, one island, three mountain, four shivan reef, and four spire bluff canal. Um. I think I spent, I don't, I think I maybe ticket wise on magic online. Cause I don't have this built yet. Physically. I, I think I'm just missing a lot of the cheap cards like cranial platings. And I think that's it. Just, I don't think I have the cranial platings. Um, the cards I'm missing out of it or no, no. How much it costs altogether was got, had to have been less than 30 tickets was not expensive at all. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly, but at least I've been having a blast playing this deck and I want to build it in real life and just take it to like a casual FNM or something. And then I'm trying to make some changes to my Goblin Artifact Destruction deck with Kodoltha Rebirth. And yeah, I mean, <coughs> like I said, it does really well game one if I get a really good opening hand. And other than that, games two are kind of shots, shots in the dark. Uh, Frontier. I started diving into that on Magic Online. I haven't found anyone to play with yet, but basically in Frontier, I'm building Insole Artifact. Pretty much the same thing, um, same list, but I've got Scrap Heap Scrounger in there. I've got Stubborn Denial for counters. Uh, land base is pretty much the same, but with some more islands and mountains, basic lands, and... Yeah, it's really not much that different. It's pretty fun. Sideboard is kind of the same. And hold on one second. Yeah, and then I built a um, popper deck. Is it Kiln Fiend? Which I guess is common right now. I don't fucking know. I think I played it. No, I haven't even played it once yet because I can't find a fucking popper game in the just for fun room on Magic Online. <clears throat> It, it looks like a fun game. Um, fun game, fun deck, whatever. It's, is it Kiln Fiend? It's like a... It's like you are prowess in modern, so yeah. Uh, 
let's see. Like I said, I dived into vintage for the first time. Never played vintage before in my life. Um, Bunny and I just decided to boot up X-Mage and he's not really into commander. So we just said, fuck it. Let's do some vintage where we can play at least play with the power nine. And I tried out, is it Delver in vintage? And he was playing some fucking bullshit monastery mentor deck. Monastery Mentor is holy shit fucking good and vintage. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I mean, it would. I really like playing Is It Delver versus his Monastery Mentor deck. It really came down to, you know, counter wars and knowing when to use certain, uh, you know, certain cards and all that. I mean, I'm sure. I was barely playing the deck correctly at all, and he was too, but it was a lot of fun. And then I tried out the shops deck. Um, that deck was just nasty, where basically turn one, I just locked him out of doing anything. Then turn two, same thing. I locked him out of doing anything in the game. My buddy, and it was just, he wasn't really mad, but I just didn't feel good about it, where I couldn't, he couldn't play any cards. He couldn't play any of his moxes he couldn't play black lotus he couldn't play anything and it was just not fun i mean i won you know both games and i'm like i never want to play shops again it's just it's nasty man um so that's what has been going on with me and magic at least from what i've been playing um like i said like i said like, like i said in the beginning of this whole magic talk i have not been enjoying standard at all and the only reason I've been keep playing, I've been keeping on playing standard and my fucking English sucks. All right. Uh, is because my buddies are still playing standard and it's when you want, really want to play magic, but anyone they're only either playing standard or once in a while EDH, you sort of keep playing standard. Um, yeah. And I just feel like right now, standard standard has been pretty stale since God ever since shadows over Innistrad came out. Standard has been super stale for me. Um, geez, that's going back in what April, May when shadows over Innistrad came out. And cause it, cause since then it's been nothing but bank company and then green white tokens um, and then freaking black green delirium took off when Eldritch moon came out and it's just been, it's been boring, man. And what, you know, when the first two weeks of Kaladesh came out, you know, there were some cool decks, some innovation It's like, Oh, this is exciting again. And then what happens? Of course, it just goes back to being special. This is just a lot of this is just my meta and not just what we see in the tournaments or whatever, where it just goes back to being blue white flash or black green delirium or some vehicles deck or Aetherworks Marvel. And it's just like, this is getting old, man. This is boring, you know? And my biggest issue with standard right now is it just feels like wizards is afraid to fucking print good non-creature spells. It's really frustrating, you know, and not to talk about Aetherworks not Aetherworks, Aether Revolt spoilers that freaking crappy languish that does let you fetch and play a card with converted mana cost three or less or whatever. I mean, that is cool, 
but it's still like, can we not just have lightning bolt back or counter spell or path to exile? Just something, man. Or how I would even settle for Tormod's crypt right now, because basically black green delirium and red black zombies, anything that requires the graveyard interaction, they're basically being able to play for free. And it's so frustrating that it's like wizards is afraid to print fucking answers to it. And it makes for boring magic. That's why I've been enjoying modern more uh, EDH. EDH is more of casual or anything, but as far as competitive formats, I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying modern and legacy way more because, you know, you actually get to play real magic and not this mid range crap that goes on and, or, creatures flooding up the board yeah it can be really skill intensive i'm not doubting that whatsoever i'm not stating that standard is not easy is easy to play and doesn't require any skill it's just i don't like the direction of what wizards has been taking with this game for the past couple years where it's becoming more and more creature dominant than ever before and it's just frustrating you know me yeah i started playing back in urza's and i remember spells being a huge thing non-creature spells and um you know and your creatures were kind of crappy at the time um you know and it's just it's frustrating i mean i can bitch and bitch about it it's just and i hate that standard is still too expensive it's too fucking expensive even even though standard is way cheaper than what it was a year a, a year ago this time last year where decks were reaching seven to eight hundred dollars for tier one still paying anywhere from three to four hundred bucks for a deck is still too much money um i know wizards it has nothing to say about the secondary market and all that other crap because they're too scared to do anything about it and it's it's frustrating that a tier one deck like that is still too expensive for new players. You know, no one is going to want to get in the game and spend 400 bucks. Well, not no one, but not a lot of people are going to want to do that. And there should still, there needs to be better options for it. There needs to be better budgetary options because the intro decks, the planeswalker decks, they're absolute crap. And it's just, like I said before, Wizards is too scared to print anything because they don't want to hurt everybody's feelings. It's like, fuck that. You know, who cares about the secondary market? Yes, local game stores rely on the secondary market. People are still going to buy singles and all that stuff, you know? But goddamn, man, decks should not be three to four hundred bucks. It, it just should not be that expensive, period. It's ridiculous and it's, it's frustrating. Yes, I can afford, I can afford three to 400 bucks on a deck. Yes, I can do that easy. All right. But I feel for whenever I see a new player come in and you start telling, you start talking to them like about the price of standard decks or even modern decks. And they just look at you like, are you crazy? Are you insane? No deck should be that expensive. All right. Not nothing should be. It's ridiculous. Yes, magic is a hobby, and we do spend money on our hobbies. Yes, I grant you that. But just to be even somewhat decently competitive at the game, you should not have to spend hundreds of dollars on a deck that you're only going to use for a couple months at most. 
until the meta hates it out. So, you know, it, and I say that and some people are going to be like, well, you know, it's, you don't have to spend that much money and all that stuff to go to Friday night magic. Yes, you do. At least in my area where Friday night magic is, everybody's playing top tier decks and you know, for what uh, at most $50 store prize, whoop de fucking do you want $50 in store credit? Cause that makes you feel good. Awesome. You know, Oh, you have to bring a top tier deck. Cool. You know, I've done it before. I've, I've won F and M, you know, got that much, got that much money and I played net decks and all that. Yeah, it's great, but not for the new players. Not saying that the new players should win all the time and they should win, you know, n- being number one and all that, but they shouldn't have to be going in with their intro deck or their, you know, $20 homebrew deck and get completely wrecked by the player who, you know, he's the spike of the store and he's so cool and awesome because he went to a Grand Prix or something and he topped eight, like woohoo, whoopty fucking do, you know, and, you know, com- just dominate new players and it's just it's frustrating it's so frustrating that wizards does nothing to combat the cost of magic and it's they don't care because you know they're still going to be making their money and secondary market forget it forget it um yeah i guess that leads on to my next point with this whole push Again, it's like talks have been rumbling up again about how, you know, they want to make magic in eSport. And it's like, oh my God, I know I've done episodes on this before, but it's so frustrating. Yes, I get it. Wizards wants to make magic in eSport. I, I get that. They want to push to make it in eSport because Twitch is so huge right now. You know, they just signed that deal where Wizards will stream exclusively on Twitch and not on YouTube anymore. That's a huge deal for them because that tells me they're wanting to try and get, you know, be more eSports inclusive or whatever the fuck. All right. Um, and I've had arguments with people on this on Twitter before. Um, some motherfucker. I don't know who he is. He blocked me or whatever. And going on saying, oh, well, you know, magic isn't that hard to watch compared to something like League of Legends. League of Legends is like super, super, you know, detailed and you got to really understand the ins and outs of the game. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right. First of all, when you watch a magic game, if you watch a magic game, and you have no idea what's going on. A good example is when I started getting into uh, competitive magic again back in Innistrad um, Ravnica. And even though I did play back in the Urza Saga day, I never played competitive or anything like that. It was completely kitchen table homebrew shit. Um, so I, I got back into competitive magic back in Innistrad Ravnica or Re- Innistrad Return to Ravnica. Sorry. And, you know, I would watch Star City Games and, you know, I'd, I'd understand when they'd play standard. Okay. I can, I can sort of follow what's going on. Um, whenever they would play modern or, or no legacy, whenever they play legacy, I'd have no idea what the fuck is going on in the game. Yeah. Okay, cool. He attacked and got him down from 20 to zero. Yes. That, that magic at its basic core of the game is both players play cards. They both start at 20 life and one player has to get the other player down to zero life. That is the basic premise of magic as a game. But when, if a casual person who has no idea has never played magic tries to watch, they're not going to understand a damn thing that's going on. Yeah. They can see, 
you know, hey, okay, they played a spell caller, a reflector mage, or Avison, or a Snapcaster. Yeah, cool. What's happening here? I don't know what's going on. Okay. You're not going to understand what's going on in a game of magic unless you play yourself. Okay. You can, now I bring up League of Legends here. You can watch a game of League of Legends and never play the game and still understand the basic principle of what's going on. You're not going to understand the ins and outs, but you know that there's two teams of five and they both have a nexus on either side or a base or, or a core, whatever they call it. And League of Legends been a couple of years since I've played it. And one team has to go and destroy the other person's base. Yet very simple, right? And it's very simple to watch, but that's because a game like League of Legends is meant for a spectating a game such as that. You know, Hearthstone is consistently brought up and it's very easy to see why Hearthstone is doing tons and tons better in the esports realm and we're not here to talk about oh because the client of magic online sucks yeah we all know it sucks it's absolutely fucking terrible and wizards should be fucking goddamn ashamed it is such a piece of shit program in 2016 it should not be like that and i've already had rants about that and i don't feel like getting into it again i'm not gonna do it say i'm not gonna do it it's tremendous you know um anyways when you look at a game like hearthstone it was built from the ground up to be an esport. It is built from the ground up to be spectated. It is extremely simple to watch a game of Hearthstone and understand what's going on. You know, I haven't played Hearthstone. Um, well, no, I did play it a couple months ago, but I haven't like seriously played it. I don't know any of the meta. Don't know really any of the cards that well ever since they started their standard. Yeah, I can watch a game of Hearthstone and still understand what's going on. I can't do the same with magic if I've never played a certain format, like watching when they had that um, eternal weekend where they had vintage and um, legacy. And when I would watch vintage, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I can understand what some or most of the cards do. I don't know what the fuck they're playing or why they're doing what, you know. Um, but just to say that, you know, magic is an esport and it's going to succeed as an esport. It's not watchable at all. If you have, if you do not play magic, you cannot watch magic as an esport. It's just not possible unless wizards does some serious changes to the base of the game, which is what it seems like they're trying to do with it. Making more creature oriented. It's, it's not going to succeed as an esport. I mean, when you look at the numbers of a pro tour or, a Grand Prix or a Star City Games Open, that's pathetic what they show on Twitch. Pathetic. You know, you've got one streamer on, you know, fucking World of Warcraft that gets more viewers than a Magic Tournament. You know, what is what is Wizards plan on doing for that? I mean, like I said, it's not watchable unless there's a way where you can sort of interact or know at all times what cards the players have in their hands or you know, an easier, clear way to see what's on the board. It's just going to be a shot in the fucking dark. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, you're not going to bring in new viewers. They see magic being played and they have no idea what the fuck's going on. Would I like to see it be an esport? No, magic doesn't need to be an esport. I mean, I know every competitive game now wants to be an esport and be so popular, this and that. No, it doesn't need to be. You know, we have our own thing. We can be like poker where poker does just fine with their huge tournaments and all that stuff. And world 
world po- poker cup tournaments and all that. We can be like that. We don't need to be an esport. They need to stop pushing it and just they need to go back and focus on the game and making it what making magic great again. All right. Yes. Donald fucking Trump making magic great again to where we need to actually when we play magic, we need to be casting some awesome magic spells. Okay. That's one thing that is missing for magic right now. We're just basically like Pokemon hunters or Pokemon trainers, you know, throwing out like, I choose you spell Queller. I choose you Archangel Avison. I choose you Ishkana. You know, that's what it fucking feels like. You know, we're not casting these awesome spells and all that shit. Oh, look, we're going to summon a train. Cool. Why am I not summoning, you know, lightning and fire and brimstone from the sky and shooting meteors at my opponent? No, we're not doing that. You know? Yeah. Call me fucking jaded, whatever. Um, it's like, I love magic. I I don't want it. I want to see it succeed, but this is what wizards is doing. Ah, fuck it, man. Whatever. Um, you know, I, I briefly mentioned a little bit about magic online God, I felt I was pretty nice about it. And my one ranting episode was episode 28, 29, something like that, where it was called, you know, a lot of jargon or whatever, technical jargon. Um, what, this is what baffles me. Okay. Wizards will go on to talk about all these great features of the game or of not, not magic, the game, but of the program. Yet it is such a piece of shit. It is just, it's fucking terrible. And I mean, mainly when you look at it, it's bad. It's bad. Let me tell you folks, it's bad. Okay. Um, yeah, I use the program. You know, I don't really come across as many bugs that other people do main, probably because I don't play it as much, but it's, it's just so bad to look at. And then you have these programmers that work for wizards and you know, they're probably paying the programmers absolute shit right? They're not paying a market value at all. Most likely, you know, I've read a lot of the glass store reviews of on wizards of the coast. Holy shit. I would never want to work for them at all. You know that they seem like they don't seem like a good company at all. And you know what, you know, in let me be honest here, you know, let me be honest. You know, if you've made it this far in the podcast, awesome. Great for you. You know, there was a time where when I was starting this podcast, I wanted to be on dailymtg.com so bad because, you know, I mainly because I want to get the podcast out there. When I set my mind on something, you know, I, I, I will do whatever it takes to get it done. I've talked about that before. You know, there was a time I wanted to be on dailymtg.com so bad, you know, there was recently one they do because I check it every day, you know, every goddamn day they have the same exact people on there over and over and over again. And that frustrates the fuck out of me. All right. That honestly frustrates the hell out of me that they have the same exact people on there every goddamn day. And it is bullshit. And I'm not saying I want to be on there, but I know a lot of other magic content creators and YouTubers that, you know, they may not be that popular, but they do a damn good job and they don't get their fucking fair share of being on that site. No, it's the same goddamn people day in and day out that suck wizards dick. Okay. It is so frustrating to see that and there was actually a little comment made by the fucking editor on there so something like well you know there's not a lot of people that make magic content and so you know and sometimes we've got to dig or whatever the fucking shit 
he said. It just it was just sort of like, are you fucking kidding me? There's not a lot of people that make magic content. Are you serious? Really? I know a shit ton of people that I follow on Twitter. They don't get their own fair fucking share on there. You know, no, it's always the same cocksuckers that are on there day after day. Yeah, it does piss me off. Yeah, I am triggered, all right? Internalize oppression right here, motherfuckers. Okay? It's bullshit that if you don't fucking follow wizards and, you know, fucking diversity inclusive bullshit you don't even you'll never get showed on there you know after after recording this and saying it yeah i'll probably never get on there don't give a fuck okay i'm at the point now where i'm just like you know fuck it i just want to talk about whatever the fuck i want on this shit okay and if you don't like it well then you're one of two listeners that doesn't like it okay god damn um but yeah when i read those glass door reviews of wizards of the coast and, you know, I would always think, oh, it must be a cool idea to work for wizards. <laughs> Hell fuck no. Oh, my God. It makes me appreciate my job so much more when I think of all the bullshit I got to put up with. At least I don't have to put up with below market salary. When I see when I see those people complaining like programmers get paid below market salary, it's like no wonder Magic Online is a piece of shit. It is. It, it baffles my mind. I still remember that one fucking article was that that girl Allie or Allison wrote where it's saying like, Oh, well, you know, the code of magic online is more complex than anything. It should not be that fucking complex. I know developers. I work with developers. I work with coders. And when they tell me their coding is complex, it's because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Okay. It means you've got a shitty piece of code and you guys are just too goddamn lazy to go back and fix it or start from scratch because you know, I'm not blaming the I'm not blaming the programmers and developers on that. It's upper fucking management that they don't give a shit. They're making their money. They don't care. You know, it's all that shit. Um, yeah, the program. Yeah, they want to make magic in eSport and they want to say, oh, hey, you can play online and they show people magic online. People are just going to laugh their fucking ass off because it is a terrible piece of programming. The cards fucking awesome. I love the cards. I love the physical cards. They're great. They're great. They're wonderful. Um or they show magic duels as, you know, sort of an entry, you know, online game, which magic duels, it looks good. All right. It looks good. It's just, it's not, you're not playing real magic though. That's what frustrates me. It's, you know, I don't want to put just one mythic on my deck. I don't want to just put two rares in my deck or three uncommons in my deck. You know, fuck that. Let me play some real goddamn magic. All right. And give me a sideboard. Jeez, um, it's just not a good substitute. Yes, Magic Duels does a good job of teaching you the extreme basics of the game, but that's it. Other than that, it's a waste of fucking time. Do not spend money on it. It's just a waste of time. I I put too too many hours into that game, and I haven't played it since what Shadows Over Innistrad has, has come out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah. That's my little rant. Um, felt kind of good getting that shit off my chest. God damn. I feel like I've been holding it in forever. If you've made it this far into the podcast, bra fucking O to you, to my couple listeners. And if you're mad at me or don't like me anymore, I'm sorry. I'm at the point right now where, especially like, okay, I want to do good on this podcast. I want to be, I want to be a well-liked podcast producer, I guess, or content creator. You know, and it's, 
in of, of course, you know, I want it to succeed and do well, but I'm at a point right now where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm tired of trying to toe the line and just, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating, you know, where I see this shit happening and I try my best to ignore it. I, I try to ignore it. And I tried getting off a of social media, you know, and where I only check it a couple times a day now, but it's still, it's like, it's, fucking rampant man it's it's frustrating as hell and you know you can put me in the basket of fucking deplorables all right don't care at this point um th- this is just a lot of shit what i've been holding in and feeling and you know it felt good getting it out all right um so yeah that was my big ranty episode like i said if you made it this far awesome kudos to you uh if you want to send me some hate mail you can send it to mtgzubi at gmail.com. I'll appreciate reading it and probably laugh at it too. If you send me some hate mail, cause I'll probably just giggle and show my wife and she'll just be like, ha just laugh too. Right. Elizabeth. Will you laugh? Yeah. See, she just said, yeah, I don't know if you can hear it, but she's probably been listening to every fucking word I've been saying. Just thinking what the fuck, Matthew or Zuby. I mean, <gasps> I used my real name. Oh no. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Like I said, mtgzuby at gmail.com and have a great night.